Well, good morning, everyone. I trust you're all keeping well. I guess we're all feeling a little confined at the moment, but uh, just when I feel sorry for myself and want to complain, I remember that the Apostle Paul was in fact in self-isolation for 14 years and made the most of his time. So we'll just have to suck it up. A big shout out to those who are working to keep us healthy and well-fed. I do appreciate this opportunity to share a message with you that I've entitled, Finding Faith. I'll be drawing from Hebrews chapter 12 and verses 1 and 2. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Many times when I've shared the hope and joy that I found in Jesus with others, I get the response, honestly, I would like to believe, but I just don't have your faith. You probably heard that as well, or may even have felt that way yourself. In fact, I would like to have my faith enlarged as well. We may be tempted to think of faith as just a human quality that is that we either have or don't have. It is true that some people do seem to be more religiously inclined or perhaps more easily persuaded to believe things. That's a form of faith, but it's drawn from our own personal predispositions. Others, on the other hand, are more inclined to be skeptical, requiring proof, or perhaps just prone to doubt. We don't like to think of ourselves as naive or gullible. We might think of faith, especially faith in God, even as irrational or blind. In fact, we all practice faith. We cannot live without faith. We put faith in science, mathematics, medicine, technology, we put faith in things that are proven that our experiences taught us are actually trustworthy. Self-confidence is a form of faith. It means we all have faith in our own analysis and judgment. This faith, however, can also be irrational and blind. Arrogance can make you ready to dismiss expert opinions and generate an unfounded attitude of suspicion or even believe conspiracy theories. Some are ready to believe a lie that happens to support their own worldview or preferred lifestyle rather than admit to an uncomfortable, challenging truth. This verse actually gives a different perspective on faith. It points to a different form of faith. It encourages us to look to Jesus. That means to put our trust in Jesus, but also to look to him to create the faith we need to believe in him. I should point out that this is not contradictory to other forms of faith. It simply encourages us to look for faith in God from a different source. This kind of faith does not depend on any human predisposition, either to believe or to be skeptical. Remember, Jesus chose doubting Thomas as one of his disciples. Thomas was an honest skeptic. It was in his nature. Jesus made a special effort to keep him from being caught up in his own doubt and to overcome his doubt by providing proof that he asked for. Afterwards, he believed without a doubt. Remember also that after his resurrection, for 40 days, Jesus showed hundreds of people's proof, infallible, undeniable proof of his resurrection. He did not expect people to have blind, unquestioning faith, but to look for the evidence with an honest heart and then make a choice to believe. 
These historical facts tell us that God is not opposed to an honest skepticism. Faith in Jesus is not a human trait that you either have or don't have, but whether or not you have an honest, inquiring heart. God will always respond to an honest heart, to an open mind, to curiosity, to a quest for meaning and purpose. God promises that if you have a hunger or a thirst for truth and what is right, He will make sure you are satisfied. Looking to Jesus results in a heart encounter that will satisfy your soul and banish all doubts. The scripture says that Jesus is the author of your faith. He is the starting point. Trust in him personally. He's the originator who creates faith where there is none. He's the author of our faith. I like the thought of him being the author. It means your role and mine is to give him a blank page and then the right to write on it. Let him write on your story. It is guaranteed to have a happy ending. There are two biblical examples from the book of Luke that highlight the contrast in attitude that either results in a life-changing encounter or a hardened heart. Two people in the Bible said they wanted to see Jesus. Both were in fact eager but with different heart attitudes and different motivation. Zacchaeus was a tax collector, in fact, a fraud and a cheat. He was not exactly the salt of the earth and probably the last person you would imagine would be inclined towards having faith. He was irreligious and in fact, despised by the religious community. He believed in money and self-made security. He was not an obvious candidate for faith. But he was eager to see Jesus and climbed up into a tree in order that he might see who Jesus was. He made an effort to see. Perhaps he was just curious, or perhaps he was looking for something more than the satisfaction he had found in his wealth and in his gamesmanship. The encounter with Jesus had an unexpected impact, changing him totally from the heart out this seemingly heartless, ruthless, truthless tyrant instantly became an honest, God-fearing philanthropist. The religious hierarchy found his transformation unbelievable and even offensive. But he had a heart to look, seek, and therefore to find the strong foundation for life that transformed him. He found faith in Jesus. I have seen that event repeated countless times since. In contrast, Herod was also eager to see Jesus. He was politically religious, sponsoring the building of the temple in Jerusalem. He was eager, but for a different reason. He wanted to have Jesus perform a sign. He would love the entertainment. He wanted Jesus to pander to his position of power, to bow to his authority, the authority that he had to potentially release him. Jesus did not bow to that request. Herod and his soldiers then began to mock Jesus, beat him, and did everything possible to humiliate him. Herod had an arrogant, contesting heart, intoxicated by power and privilege. The sign he asked for came later. Herod stood before a cheering crowd who called him a god and not a man. He immediately became consumed with worms and died. God gave him a grim sign of his own mortality. 
This tells us that God is not impressed with earthly status or arrogant self-confidence, and he is not obligated to prove himself superior in some kind of contest. God responds to a heart that is infected with arrogant, loveless pride with, I am God and you are not. In Christ, God offers love to all who look for it. The proper response is to simply accept the offer. That is the only necessary step of faith. Let me finish with some thoughts on the testing of faith. The scripture we read compares faith to running a race. It's a journey with a goal and a prize. It is not a yes or no no form of trust, but rather a spectrum that can grow. Jesus said, though it starts small as a mustard seed, it has a potential to grow into a tree. In every trial, you need to find faith in a fresh way by also looking to Jesus. Faith grows by experience and by proving Jesus trustworthy through that experience. Life's experiences build your faith as a firm foundation. The faith race, like every race, has a starting point. The runner is poised at the official starting line, the starting pistol goes off, and the race begins. Your race too has a beginning, but the race is more than a beginning. The race is the entire course from starting point to the finishing line. So faith or trust grows by life's experiences. The faith race is not a quick dash, but rather an obstacle course that takes a lifetime to complete. It grows by the process of testing. A test feels threatening and preferably to be avoided. But tests, when endured, will result in a testimony. A testimony to God's faithfulness through the test. The outcome is the positive proof of trustworthiness, and its effect on faith is to make it grow. At the moment, the whole world is going through a trial. And for us, it's a faith test. So I want to give you some encouragement. First of all, we have to know that God does not and did not originate this evil virus. In fact, tests do not originate from God, but they are used by Him. He's the finisher of our faith, as well as the originator. Every test is part of your story, and it has the effect of purifying your faith. Relying on God during the trying time removes the remains of human doubt and the rubble of unbelief that encumbers your ability to finish the race. Your faith is more precious than silver or gold, which is tried by fire seven times. Testing is how your faith is finished or brought to perfection. One last biblical story along this theme is from the book of Daniel. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were three young men of God that he had blessed with position, prominence, and wealth, even while they were in exile in Babylon. All this that they had risen to in one day became threatened. The whole empire was required to bow down in worshipful submission to the emperor Nebuchadnezzar. They refused to bow to the intimidation, and as a consequence, they were thrown into a fiery oven. Daniel records that they were in the fire And while they were there, Nebuchadnezzar saw a fourth man that he describes as one like the son of a god who was walking with him. 
They came out of the fire unscathed, their clothes not even smelling of smoke. Only the ropes that bound them, their encumbrances, their obstacles to their freedom were consumed in the fiery trial. We can see the analogy here in our own situation. We're all in a trial of faith. We depend on God's grace. We live by faith and we do not bow to fear. We will grow in faith because God is faithful. We can be confident that the things that are in the way of our eternal good will be consumed in the trial, but the all important things will remain. There will be a testimony that comes out of this test. Join me with a prayer. Father God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, you promised that you would be with us always. You would never leave us nor forsake us. You said that tribulation, tough trials, were an inevitable part of life here on earth. But do not fear because you had overcome every enemy of our life. We choose to trust you, that for every trial you would provide a way of escape, and that enduring the affliction would add to our weight of glory, that is to our richness in eternity. I pray that those who have never considered faith as an option would now knock, ask, seek and choose to believe in you, Lord Jesus. I pray that those who have gone off track would return to the race. I pray that as we who do believe pray that you will let this event cause a quantum leap in faith for all believers and inspire and expose the way of escape for the sake of the people of the world that you love. We ask it in the precious and wonderful name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Thank you for joining us and have a wonderful day in the Lord.